Hello, and thank you for tuning in to the Encouragement Expert podcast today. We're glad you're with us. Let's join Pastor Wes Doffenbaugh as he gives an encouraging word titled, Love, the Master Healer. Praise the Lord. It's a delight to be with each one of you. I love you. God bless you in Jesus' name. Let's say a prayer together, and I have a wonderful message. Father, we pray that the Holy Spirit will come and speak to us and make a great impression on our life so that this message will last with us the rest of our lives and we'll benefit from it, and hopefully then our lives will be a benefit to others and uh, we'll bring you glory. That's our desire. So we ask this in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. I'm speaking a message called Love, the Master Healer. Now, I'm going to say something very important right at the beginning. Negative emotions promote disease and bad health, but good emotions like love promote health and healing. Love is the most wonderful of all the virtues. Therefore, love is a master healer. Now, about 30 years ago, I preached a sermon by this title on a Sunday evening and it was a family night. I would encourage uh, parents to bring their children, and I'd do illustrated sermons. So this message ended with a real wild play where we acted out some of these things. But uh, even though it was a Sunday night sermon, it's of all the sermons I've preached in my life, which is hundreds, probably maybe even thousands, uh, this has made a huge impression on me. And it has become my number one health principle all these 30 years since. It's been a tremendous blessing to me. And uh, so I'm going to be sharing in this message what to me is the most important truth about health and healing. Now, my first point is that God wants us to choose to walk in his love. And we're going to look at Proverbs 3, chapter 3, verse 3 through 8. So the Bible says, let love and faithfulness never leave you. Notice right off the bat, let love and faithfulness never leave you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart. Then you'll win favor and a good name in the sight of God and man. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he'll make your path straight. Now, what do you need with a straight path? Well, if you're going to a goal You want a straight path to get there. You don't want a crooked path. You might never get to your goal. So when the Bible says, you know, all your ways acknowledge him, he'll make your path straight. That means he's going to help you get to the important goals of your life. Now the Bible continues, do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and shun evil. This will bring health to your body and nourishment to your bones. Now, a different translation says, fear the Lord and turn away from evil. It will be healing to your flesh and refreshment to your bones, the ESV version. Now, this whole portion of scripture is about how to be healthy and uh, how to promote health in your body. And the very first way is to constantly walk in love or live a life of love. Healing to your flesh and refreshment to your bones is predicated on you never letting love leave you. Trusting God is also necessary, and so is faithfulness. But love is listed first, and that gives it the first importance. Now, in Proverbs chapter 4, verse 22, it says, My words are life to those who find them and health to a man's whole body. 
Now, all of the Word of God is healing and healthy. We might think that healing verses are only those that refer directly to divine healing, like uh, verse 1 Peter 2.24, by whose stripes you were healed, uh, showing that uh, God gives healing to us based on the sufferings of Christ at the whipping post there. But I want you to consider this verse from Philippians chapter 4. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Now, living out these verses would guard your heart from stress, it would help your blood pressure, it would promote good mental health, so it's a, it's a key portion of verses for health and healing. Because if you live in anxiety, if you get anxious and you're stressed about many things, it's going to have a negative effect on your health. Now, folks, listen carefully. If your prayer time is mostly reciting your problems rather than asking God for help from him, you know, in faith and with thanksgiving, uh, then the stress might remain. So we need to be thankful that God hears and helps and cares. So remember when you're praying to add the thanksgiving in at the end. Now, I think most of us would have to say that a lot of times we pray, but we don't uh, add the thanksgiving in there. So, uh, well, we're missing out on blessings then, because when we thank God, we're really telling him he's been good in the past, he's good to us now, we expect him to be good in the future. It's just a, a faith thing to give thanks to him. And it's very helpful for, our, for us because as we get into Thanksgiving, we, we move away from anxiety and doubt and fear. Now, the Bible does not say that just my healing promises are life to the body. It says my words are life to the body. And that means that God's commands and promises and precepts and testimonies, the entire Old and New Testaments, promote health and healing. Now, my second major point is that the Bible commends positive emotions as the way to live in health or find your way to healing. And so the Bible says in Proverbs 14:30, a heart at peace gives life to the body, but envy rots the bones. Now, I'd like you just to re repeat that. So I'll say it again. You say it out loud with me. A heart at peace gives life to the body, but envy rots the bones. Now, envy is uh, when you're jealous of someone, you want what they have, and that's a very strong negative emotion. It's, in fact, the one that filled the hearts of the Pharisees and led them to crucify Christ. And the Bible says uh, Pilate saw that they had delivered Jesus over out of envy. Now, if the switch of envy is left on all the time, it's going to damage your health, going to damage your body. It's a terribly negative emotion. And so, um, here's another verse, Proverbs 15, 30, a cheerful look brings joy to the heart and good news gives health to the bones. Now, good news giving health to the bones means that uh, a steady diet of bad news is probably bad for the bones. And of course, your blood is made inside of your bone in the, in the marrow of your bones. If we're feeding on a steady diet of what the devil is doing in the earth, that's just not healthy for us. So uh, I listen sometimes to conservative talk shows, but <clears throat> I've noticed that they're almost all entirely negative 
because their whole time is spent exposing all the bad things that the leftist politicians are doing. And I believe that we need to be informed so we can pray. <clears throat> but uh, only good news is going to promote health in the bones. And good news is what God is doing in the earth. So when we check our f- smartphones for news services, very likely all of our news is telling us what the devil is doing in the world with very few reports of what God is doing. So we should all really pray that God would help us find sources that would report what God is doing because it's the good news that uh, gives health to the bones. All right, A cheerful look brings joy to the heart. Good news gives health to the bones. Now, um, you see, if you're listening to the uh, reports of what the devil's doing all the time, even if they're true reports from conservative people, they'll tend to bum you out, make you nervous, maybe raise your blood pressure. I just, I just think it's not good to have a steady diet of hearing what the devil's doing. Now, if we have a craving to hear something like gossip, who's doing what bad thing and who's... Uh, you know, which church is splitting, which pastor had a moral failure, stuff like that, that's going to take a negative toll on our health. We tend to find what we look for. So here's a verse. Whoever seeks good finds favor, but evil comes to the one who searches for it. Proverbs eleven twenty seven. So if we look for good in other people, we tend to find good things. But if we're a fault finder, then Uh, We search for evil in others, and that's unhealthy for us because that makes evil come to us. If you look for evil in others, being a fault finder, evil will come to you. My third point is that we can promote promote health to others just by loving them. And, uh, of course, Jesus said, this is my commandment, love one another as I have loved you. We can give health to one another by loving each other. Now, we might think that we have to lay hands on someone and have anointing flow through our hands. Uh, and I like that. I have loved to pray for people and feel a radiant heat from God's Holy Spirit go into people. But according to the Bible, a loving smile and a cheerful greeting helps people physically. So let's look at Proverbs 15.30. A cheerful look brings joy to the heart. Well, then... Compare that with Proverbs 17.22 that says, A joyful heart promoteth healing. That's the Darby translation. And in the New Revised Standard Version, it says, A cheerful heart is good medicine, but a downcast spirit dries up the bones. So depression, sadness, sorrow, that's going to have an effect on your health. Uh, But uh, notice that a cheerful look brings joy to the heart. The Bible says, The joy of the Lord is your strength. A merry heart doeth good like a medicine. A joyful heart promoteth healing. All right, well then, uh, we can be cheerful around people. We can give people loving greetings and uh, and just be, uh, it'll do them good physically. Now, when I pray for people in healing services, they come forward and I say, how can I pray for you? I'm being kind, I'm smiling, I'm being caring. Or I ask them, what are you believing for? So I ask all these things real cheerfully. And when we love each other and just care enough to join in praying for someone's need, just the cheerfulness of love starts healing people. The caring, the listening, the sincere prayer, 
uh, a cheerful look brings joy to the heart, all right? Joy works like a medicine. So if we compliment one another or express appreciation for each other, that helps both of our health. It helps the giver and the receiver. The Bible says pleasant words are a honeycomb, sweet to the soul and healing to the bones, Proverbs 16, 24. So we literally promote healing in each other when we speak pleasant words. Well, then you can imagine what we're promoting if we're in strife, insulting, uh, berating, condemning. We're hurting ourselves. If you'd like a healing ministry, all right, a lot of people say, oh boy, I'd like God to give me a healing ministry. Okay, great. Well, how about you start with cheerful looks and pleasant words that express love for people. All right? See, you might want to go around, be mad and ornery all day and then get real spiritual and go to a service and expect God would use you in the gift of healing. But you literally practice your anointing when you live in kindness and love. And I've had people say, how do you stay anointed? How do you live a real powerful anointed life? And I, I told those people, I have the same answer for them all. I said, try to fill every day with little acts of kindness. And people look at me like, well, that's no big secret. But you see, pleasant words are a honeycomb, sweet to the soul, healing to the bones. I'm literally practicing a healing ministry when you're cheerful and, uh, and you have pleasant words and you walk in love. Now, my fourth point is that love fulfills God's conditions for health and healing. God said through Moses, if you diligently heed the voice of the Lord your God and do what is right in his sight, give ear to his commandments and keep all his statutes, I'll put none of these diseases on you which I brought on the Egyptians, for I am the Lord who heals you. Exodus 15:26. To diligently listen to the Lord and do what is right in his sight would mean walking in love because, well, love is the fulfillment of the law. Romans 13.10 says, Love does no harm to a neighbor, therefore love is the fulfillment of the law. So if we are diligently, you know, doing what is right in God's sight, giving ear to his commandments, his, his big commandment that sums it all up is, love your neighbor as yourself. Love one another as I have loved you. Love the Lord your God with all your heart. And so God says, then I'll put none of these diseases on you. Now the devil, of course, uh, operates completely opposite of God. So God would only, uh, you know, if God was going to strike somebody with something, it would be because they were w wicked in his sight. Uh, but the devil will try to strike people who are living righteously, all right? And so they're just uh, opposite of each other. But God's uh, going to love you and bless you and uh, reward you with good health if you diligently heed his voice. So we can make little choices all day long to avoid being mean, being insulting, being angry. We just have to, no, I don't want that because it takes a toll on us. Now, God has arranged his universe to operate by certain laws so that there's causes that have effects. And God has arranged your body in such a way that if you live in love, peace, joy, and kindness, health is promoted. 
Now, folks, if you leave the inside house lights on overnight, and then during the daytime, you leave on your outside porch lights and stuff all day long, well, what's that going to do? It's going to run up your electric bill, of course. And so if we could apply this to health and healing, we should ask God to help us turn off the negative emotions, like turning off lights so that the negative bill doesn't run up. And that saves our health, just like turning off unnecessary lights saves an electric bill. So that's a good general rule. Now, I know that's a general rule, but it's a good general rule. And then also, we want to, uh, you know, you'd want to leave on outside nights, lights during the night to present, prevent burglaries and stuff. So we want to leave the switches of positive emotions turned on. Uh, we want to avoid turning off kindness, turning off peace, turning off joy, or turning off love, because these lights, those we, we want to keep on because they drive away spiritual and mental darkness that work to rob us of fellowship with God, fellowship with each other, and even rob us of our health. Now consider the scripture, Deuteronomy 7, 12 through 15. God says, if you pay attention to these laws and are careful to follow them, then the Lord your God will keep his covenant of love with you as he swore to your ancestors. He will love you and bless you and increase your numbers. He'll bless the fruit of your womb, the crops of your land, your grain, new wine, olive oil, the calves of your herds, the lambs of your flocks, and the land he swore to your ancestors to give you. You'll be blessed more than any other people. None of your young men or women will be childless, nor will any of your livestock be without young. The Lord will keep you free from every disease. He will not inflict on you the horrible diseases you knew in Egypt, but he will inflict them on all who hate you. Now, let's just shorten that down. Uh, okay, so if we shortened it down, it'd be accurate to say, if you walk in love, the Lord will keep you free from every disease. Now, you can look over that, Deuteronomy chapter 7, 12 through 15, see if you think I'm telling you the truth. If you pay attention to these laws or careful to follow them, then you know what? The promise is the Lord will keep you free from every disease. Well, it also says then that the Lord would inflict the diseases on those who hate you. What, is, what does that tell you? Well, walking in love is healing. Walking in hate is, is, <laughs> promotes disease. Now, my fifth uh, point is avoid condemning or judging yourself or others. So when we make these general statements, uh, we want to take them as a promise from God. Uh, we don't want to use them to judge ourselves. If somebody's sick, we don't want to think, well, they must not have loved everybody. They must have been a mean old ornery Pentecostal boogerhead, and that's why they're sick, and God smote them. And no, then we would bring judgment on ourselves if we judge people like that. See, only God knows the root problem, the root cause of every problem. Uh, so when the Bible says the Lord will keep you free from every disease, it means that God will help us conquer diseases and not live in them, and we'll be strengthened and sustained. So I want to repeat this caution. This is for us to apply each to our own self. So I'm sure that you want to be healthy and have energetic longevity, don't you? Longevity with lots of energy. Well, then we must avoid judging others who are suffering because we don't have all the facts. We make very bad judges, so God tells us not to judge. We just need to concentrate on obeying the Word of God ourselves 
and seek to walk in love all the time. And that would mean to resist anger, hatred, jealousy, envy, strife, mean words. That's a choice to desire to keep your spirit sweet. And then when you start getting angry and jealous and feel like speaking mean words, you immediately ask for God's help. And of course, then he will immediately give it to you. But he's not going to force that on you. So we want to reject depression. We don't want to feed on bad news. We want to care about people. We want to help people. We want to smile and be cheerful. We want to give kind words. Now, let's take a little inventory of our lives. If you look at your life and see that you have or have had patterns and habits where you're leaving the good switches off and the bad switches on, like you're being grumpy and gripey and in self-pity, well, that's a bad switch. That's left on. That ought to be turned off. But... uh you know, and you say, well, you know what, Brother Wes, I haven't been walking in love. I've been walking in anger, and I've been walking in self-pity. And well, okay, I'm not condemning you, and neither should you condemn yourself. Just don't waste time in self-condemnation. You don't, you're not spiritual because you're going around kicking yourself, saying, I've been so bad, I've been so bad, I'm such a bad person. Stop all that nonsense. That's cooperating with the devil. And if you find out that you have been doing wrong or you've had a negative pattern, then you just say, Lord, I don't want to be that way anymore. That's not what I want. Please forgive me for that. And then tell God what you do want. Tell him what you don't want. Tell him what you do want. Say, Lord, I really would like to keep the good switches on and the bad switches off. Or would you help me with that? And that's the kind of prayer God wants to hear. He wants all of us looking forward, not backwards. Now, if you're going to walk around backwards all the time, well, you can't see where you're going when you walk backwards. No doubt you'll stumble and hurt yourself. And in the same way, if you keep looking back on the stupid things you did and kicking yourself, my, I just don't do that. When, when I find out how dumb I've been or how stupid I've been <laughs> or where I really blew it, uh, well, then I just say, look, God, I don't want that. And here's what I do want. I want you to forgive me and cleanse me and change me. Then I'm going to look forward to going in love. Because anytime you're looking back all the time thinking how bad you were, you're not, uh, you're being distracted from, from seeing what the good things you could be doing now and in the future. So let's choose to walk in love every day. And then what, what are we going to do? We're going to miss a whole lot of sicknesses. But if we do get sick, the Lord promises that a loving heart will be strengthened and sustained. And so let me give you this verse. Uh, the scriptures say, Blessed is he who considers the poor. The Lord will deliver him in the time of trouble. The Lord will preserve him and keep him alive, and he will be blessed on the earth. You will not deliver him to the will of his enemies. The Lord will strengthen him on his bed of illness you will sustain him on his sickbed. That's Psalms 41, 1 through 3. And so, uh, you know, if we do get sick, but we walk in love, there's a promise. If we be compassionate with, with the poor, uh, the Lord is promising us to sustain us even on our sickbed and strengthen us. Now, my sixth point is we want to beware of focusing on exceptions. 
we all know good people that we would say they're really good people. They do walk in love. They do walk in kindness, but they've got this terrible disease. So our general rule does not give us understanding in all things. Uh, for instance, maybe they were exposed to some poison instead of having a bad attitude. Now, I know a dear brother, and I believe he's a very loving, compassionate man, but he has Parkinson's disease. And he's a wheat farmer, and for years he's used the, you know, those strong weed killers that contain these very powerful chemicals to kill weeds on the farm. Well, there's several class action lawsuits against the maker of, uh, of the chemical called Paraquat. And uh, that causes Parkinson's disease. And then there's an $11 billion class action lawsuit against Monsanto, the makers of Roundup, because the lawsuit claims uh, exposure to it causes lymphoma or blood cancers. So we might see somebody that got exposed to a chemical and they have blood cancer, they have Parkinson's disease, and if we were stupid, we'd say, well, they probably haven't been walking in love. They've probably been mean and ornery. Look, leave all that alone. There, uh, when I give you a general rule that love and kindness and cheerfulness and good news are going to bless your health, take that as a general direction and make it a, a good principle in your life. Uh, but don't think that it gives you the ability to know why everybody else, uh, why anybody else has a problem. There's going to be things that are completely confusing to us. We don't understand certain things. And you're a lot wiser when you know what you don't know than if you think you know everything. So I'm of the opinion that that dear brother got exposed too much to the chemical paraquat in spite of his every precaution. And uh, I remember, I tell myself, I don't know everything, but I do have a good general rule that'll steer us in the right direction. Okay? So here's the deal. Don't throw out the wisdom of God's general rules because you can think of some exception. All right? Now, don't use the general rule to condemn yourself or anyone else. Use the general rule of walking in love to benefit yourself and to be a benefit to others. So let's avoid judging others or judging ourselves, and rather have compassion and sympathy on anyone who suffers. Well, I'm not going to condemn myself. I'm not going to condemn anybody else. I'm not going to focus on exceptions where loving people have suffered diseases. I'm just going to use these truths to help me make good choices that will promote uh, good health and healing. Now, Proverbs eleven seventeen says, A man who is kind benefits himself, but a cruel man hurts himself. Well, let's say that again, and you'll have it memorized. A, kind, a man who is kind benefits himself, but a cruel man hurts himself. So what do we want to do? We want to keep the switch of kindness turned on and keep that switch of cruelty turned off. Now, you might say, well, Brother Wes, I'd never be cruel to anybody. I'd never hit anybody or tromp on anybody or push them into the, you know, off the platform onto the train rails. Uh, I wouldn't kick them down the escalators. Uh, you know, we see uh, people just being so abusive. If you watch the news, you'll see videos of people just being cruel. But you know what we can do? We can speak cruel words. Just anybody can speak cruel, reckless, insensitive words. And so Proverbs twelve eighteen says, The words of the reckless pierce like swords, but the tongue of the wise 
brings healing. Now let's look at Proverbs 5.2. It says, Resentment kills a fool, and envy slays the simple. Now notice, if the switch of resentment stays turned on all the time, it's going to kill you. So this is why when I call people forward for prayer in these healings, because we've been having a lot of, of divine healing meetings where I preach on divine healing, but I just tell people, look, if you're, if you're in any negative emotion where that switch is on all the time, whether it's fear or worry or anger or bitterness or hatred, if you have a strong negative emotion like sorrow or grief, and it's on all the time, you need to tell us about that because that could be a root of your uh, problems. And we need to get God's help for that. And that'll help you uh, when that's conquered. That'll help promote healing in your body. All right? Now, my seventh point is that the devil wants to afflict the innocent. Remember, God's curse is on selfishness and hard-heartedness. So in Leviticus 26, verse 15, it says, If you reject my decrees and abhor my laws and fail to carry out my commands and so violate my covenant, then I'll do this to you. I will bring on you sudden terror, waste and disease, and fever that will destroy your sight and sap your strength. So God's curse is on idolatry and rebellion and selfishness and hard-heartedness may not have a direct curse from God like idolatry and rebellion, but they carry their own negative results. So if we live to honor God and love God, we won't rebel. We won't put something else first in our life like an idol. Uh, and you don't have to worship an idol to be an idolatry. You could worship money. You could worship yourself. You could worship pleasure, for instance. Well, then we won't live selfishly or in, in hardness of heart. And we, we won't uh, allow ourselves to think, feel, and live out mean thoughts. We'll choose to love our neighbors as ourselves, and God blesses that. Because selfishness begins to undo the immune system. Now, the good news is that God heals even the guilty. Uh, the Bible says in Psalms 107, some became fools through their rebellious ways and suffered affliction because of their iniquities. They loathed all food and drew near to the gates of death. Then they cried to the Lord in their trouble, and he saved them from their distress. He sent out his word and healed them. He rescued them from the grave. Let them give thanks to the Lord for his unfailing love and his wonderful deeds for mankind. So they were fools through rebellion, suffered affliction because of their iniquities. But when they cried out to the Lord, he sent out his word and healed them and rescued them from the grave. All right, so that's a good thing. Praise God. Now, uh, so God will heal even the wicked if they'll repent, right? If they'll ask for his help and acknowledge their sins. That's why the Bible says, confess your sin one another, pray for one another that you may be healed. However, the devil is completely unjust. So if God afflicts and he does afflict the wicked. The devil would like to afflict the righteous. Now, when Jesus healed this one woman, she was bent over completely at a 90-degree angle by a spirit. Couldn't stand up at all. And Jesus said, Woman, you are loosed from your infirmity. And that demon left her. But then he laid his hands on her, 
and healed her from the damage that had been done, and she stood up. Now, that was on a Sabbath, and, uh, and they were beginning to be indignant then because he healed on a Sabbath, and Jesus said, Should not this woman, a daughter of Abraham, whom Satan has bound for 18 long years, be set free on the Sabbath day from what bound her? Well, now notice that he complimented her. He called her a, a, a daughter of Abraham. So she wasn't bound because she'd been in wickedness. I don't know how Satan bound her. But Jesus didn't rebuke her for being a sinner. He didn't ask her to repent. He just loosed her from her infirmity. And that's my point is, uh, you know, the devil would like to do something bad to even a good person. And because he's the opposite of, of, of the Lord. Now, there's a verse in Psalms 109 talking about a person that says he loved to pronounce a curse. May it come back on him. He found no pleasure in blessing. May it be far from him. He wore cursing as his garment. It entered into his body like water, into his bones like oil. Psalms 109. Now, in our society, many people are very quick to curse others, especially in traffic. The tiniest irritation may bring on obscene gesture, gestures. You can see their mouth moving. They're looking at you with a dirty look. They're cursing you. <laughs> if you're not careful, they'll turn around and chase you. Maybe try to shoot you. Road rage. But you see, those people are harming themselves. Uh, their curses on others are entering their own bones. Now, don't wear a bad attitude like a garment. The Bible says uh, he wore cursing as his garment. Well, we don't want to. We don't want to do that. Now, the Bible says better a small serving of vegetables with love than a fattened calf with hatred. Proverbs fifteen seventeen. So, love even promotes good digestion in your body. Does that make sense? Better a small serving of vegetables with love than a fattened calf with hatred. Well, we not only need to eat the right things, we need to absorb the right things. And uh, love, peace, kindness, cheerfulness, those attitudes and virtues will help you get the most out of your physical food. Now, my eighth point, and I'm coming to the end of this message, this is a simplified explanation of why negative emotions promote disease and positive emotions promote health. Now, this is going to be overly simplified, but rather than being real technical, I want you to visualize this in your mind because then you'll be able to remember it. So the simplicity of it will change your life. All right, ready? Here we go. Now, your body has to react to two kinds of enemies. External enemies, like uh, uh, somebody trying to rob you, shoot you or something, or a deer jumping out in front of your car, or somebody coming the wrong way at you in traffic, that's an external problem. Uh, internal Revenue Service deciding to audit you, that would be an external problem. But an internal problem would be some kind of cell that's precancerous, a virus, a bacteria, bad bacteria, those type of things. Now, I was uh, doing the play uh, when I first did this sermon 30 years ago, and it was a Sunday night service, so I was asking the kids, give me an example of an external enemy 
And one little kid said, a cowboy. And I said, a cowboy? And he said, yeah, a cowboy shooting at you. And I said, right. If a cowboy's shooting at you, that's, a, that's an external enemy. You better get down behind a rock. <laughs> well, you see, your adrenal gland would, would want to go into uh, action to help you react quickly if a cowboy was shooting at you. Now, suppose your car breaks down on the freeway when the road is all iced up, traffic is heavy, and it's 20 degrees below zero. That's a crisis. You're going to need your adrenal, adrenal gland to go to work to help you react quickly to the emergency. An internal problem, then, like I said, would be bacteria, viruses, or abnormal cells. Now, the thymus gland is like a general that directs your immune system in the battle against internal problems. But the adrenal gland is like a general that directs the attack against external problems. So two glands, adrenal and thymus. One's going to marshal all the forces of your body to react and save your life from the external problems, but the other one's going to marshal the resources of your body to fight the internal diseases. Now, if a white blood cell detects a problem in the body, it's going to go to the thymus gland and give it a description like a scout. And then that thymus gland is going to call for the troops, so to speak, whether it's vitamins, minerals, or who... I'm, I'm just going to, you know, just to be simple, we'll say vitamins and minerals. It probably call for all kinds of proteins and chemicals and stuff. But basically, the thymus is going to say, come on, resources of the body. We've got to make some antibodies. We've got to attack this problem. And it's like a general calling the resources of the body to fight the cancer or the disease. The adrenal gland is like a different general, directing the body to react quickly in emergencies that would uh, where your life needs to be saved from an external problem. So let's say you see a mean, big, 100-pound uh, dog running at you. His teeth are barred. He's snarling. And let's say he's even foaming at the mouth. Now, that's scary. And so your adrenal gland, like a general commanding the troops, is going to say, heart, beat faster. Arteries, narrow up, narrow up, narrow up. Blood, pump faster. Go, go, go. And, uh, and it's going to command all the resources of the body to make adrenaline or do whatever is needed so that you can hurry up, get up that tree, and get away from that big uh, mad dog. So at that point, who cares if you have a cancer cell in your body right about then? See, the body's going to say, we're going to deal with that a little bit later. Right now, we've got to get away from this big mad dog, okay? So a germ or a virus in your body is not the main thing. And the adrenal gland is going to take over and save you from that external problem. But now imagine your thymus gland directing all the vitamins, minerals, and resources of your body to make blood cells and antibodies needed to eat up all those viruses and bad bacteria and abnormal cells. So while the adrenal or the, uh, the thymus is trying to direct those things, uh, direct the troops, uh, Let's say that the adrenal gland declares a new emergency and says, no, no, come on, troops, don't, don't go with that general over there, that thymus gland. I need you right now. I, I've got to have you right now. Now, uh, and then the poor thymus gland is left without any troops to command. Now, I know this is general, but you've got to see it in your mind. It's, it'll really help you. 
Well, if things would calm down, then the troops go back under the command of the thymus. But let's suppose that, and that way the troops can concentrate on uh, conquering the cancer cells or precancer cells or viruses or bacteria or whatever. Now, let's suppose that a person keeps reliving the last crisis they were in. Somebody cheated them. Somebody did wrong. They keep thinking about it. They keep feeling the anger. Maybe they feel the fear. Maybe they're so fearful they're just imagining monsters that are going to jump out and get them. Now, unknown to them, they're allowing their adrenal gland to marshal the forces of the body, just collect them to itself and, uh, and, and tighten up their blood vessels and speed up their pulse and, uh, and pump their blood faster. And, but what they're doing is they're robbing the resources from the thymus gland. So when your adrenal gland kicks in, it actually thickens your blood so that if you got cut in a fight or an accident, your blood would clot more quickly and save you from bleeding out. Now, I've heard that if a park ranger captures a deer and then they draw blood from it, the blood clots instantly. And, uh, and God put this natural reaction in us. So way back in 1951, there was a doctor named David Match, M-A-C-H-T, and you can still Google him and, and read about him. Well, he spoke before the American Medical Association regarding stress, and he studied the clotting time of the blood of 50 happy and normal people, and their blood clotted in 8 to 12 minutes. And then he studied 50 apprehensive people, and their blood clotted in 4 to 5 minutes. And then he studied 50 highly nervous people, and their blood clotted in 1 to 3 minutes. Now, that's really worth remembering. And so when the Bible says a heart at peace gives life to the body, boy, it is not kidding. If you're living in this internal anger and bitterness and hatred and frustration, well, your blood's going to clot way too fast. And God wants to have this switch that allows the blood to clot fast to be turned off when it's not needed. Uh, but he wants to switch... Uh, that allows it to clot fast to be, excuse me, let me say it right. God wants to have that switch that allows the blood to clot fast to be turned on in an external emergency, but he wants it switched off when there is no such emergency. So when we walk in love, then what happens? Well, then we're not fearful. Perfect love casts out fear. We're not into imagining monsters around every corner. We trust in the Lord with all of our heart and all of our ways. We acknowledge him and he directs our paths. We're not reliving past hurts because we have forgiven and we've moved on. And uh, we don't imagine we're not reliving a fight that's already over, saying, I should have said this to that idiot. I should have done this. I should have, I should have done this. Well, that's as if you are, are doing it. Your body, if you see it in your mind, it doesn't know much difference. It, it goes into the production of all the things the adrenal gland would do. Now, you've heard of people who make a mountain out of a molehill. That means they react to little irritations as if they're big life-threatening emergencies. So they go right into fight-or-flight mode. And what happens? Their blood thickens, their heart rate speeds up, their arteries narrow, make their blood squirt faster. But that reaction is supposed to be rare. 
it's not supposed to be frequent or constant. But if we imagine these emergencies and see them in our minds through fear and unbelief and anger, then, of course, our blood thickens, our pulse rate increases, our arteries narrow up. Now, love is the master healer because, as the Apostle Paul wrote in his famous chapter, love is patient, love is kind, it does not envy, it does not boast, it's not proud. Now, not being proud... By, by not being proud, love is not easily offended. And the Bible says, only by pride cometh contention, Proverbs 13, 10. So contention is strife, you see. And uh, love is not proud. Love is patient. Love is kind. Well, what's it going to be doing? Pr promoting all kinds of health in your body because then your thymus gland can actually grow, get big, expand, have all the troops, so to speak. Now, love chooses, chooses to overlook offenses that would provoke most people to anger. And Paul continues, love does not dishonor others. It's not self-seeking. It's not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. So God's love in us is really good at keeping the right switches turned on and the negative ones turned off. And notice that Paul wrote, love is not easily angered. The King James says, not easily provoked. Now, we might need to get angry for some battle against the devil, but we're not easily angered. You see what I'm saying? That switch stays off most of the time if we walk in love. Now, stress can harm us then in two ways, okay? So a bunch of stress is going to make that adrenal gland enlarge. It's going to make the thymus gland shrink, which directs your whole immune system. And it can actually shrink, atrophy, and dry up. So I'm repeating, a constant life of stress makes your adrenal gland great big. It makes your thymus gland small. Therefore, living in a flight or fight mode keeps bodily resources marshaled for perceived external fights. With your arteries narrowed, pulse high, blood ready to clot quickly, and that promotes high blood pressure, heart attacks, strokes, etc., so no wonder the Bible says a heart at peace gives life to the body. But living in a fight or flight mode also keeps your thymus gland and your whole immune system deprived so that internal problems like precancerous cells, virus, and bad bacteria are not eradicated. We need our immune system turned on and fully supplied with the bodily resources. If it's deprived, Due to living in negative emotions constantly, it simply cannot fight and win the internal battles. Now, when I first preached this sermon about 30 years ago, it was a Sunday night service, and I was getting ready at the house. There was going to be a play at the end. The service was going to start at 6 o'clock, and by about 5.15, uh, my wife was not at the house. She'd gone on an errand somewhere, and I couldn't leave with my youngest little daughter was only three or four asleep on a bed. And uh, and I had to get to church early. I had to tune my guitar. I had to run off copies of the play. I had to get to church and greet people. And I was uh, about ready to get really stressed and angry at my wife for not being there. But this message had made such an impression on me. I thought, well, you know what? I can, I'll get dressed first and... Uh, and I'll uh, tune my guitar here, and I'll get all get the car all loaded, and I'll just stay calm and 
and uh, Bonnie showed up right at 5.31 p.m. I got to church on time. Everything went fine. But you see, I could have hit the panic button. Now, how many of you can relate to that, where you hit the panic button, but you didn't need to? And so this sermon had just impressed me. I thought, I, I'm not going to go down that path. Now, that night at the end of the sermon, we had a play where we had one man on a stage in a chair that was supposed to be the adrenal gland, the general, the adrenal gland. And the other guy in the other chair, he represented the thymus gland. And then I had all the children. Uh, they came up, uh, you know, in the front of the church there, and they were going to be the vitamins and the minerals. <laughs> and so uh, we hadn't had a chance to rehearse the play. I just handed out some things for people to read, and I was the announcer, but we had really a lot of fun. And so uh, the, uh, the adrenal gland would say, come vitamins and minerals, help me, there's a big dog, he's trying to eat me up, help me, I need to get up the tree, come on. And I'd, so then I was the announcer, and I'd say, okay, kids, get over there, vitamins and minerals, get over there, help the adrenal gland, you got to get away from that big dog, do jumping jacks. And so I, and they would all be doing jumping jacks like, you know, they were helping the adrenal gland. And the old thymus gland over there, then he'd say, I need some help over here. Man, I'm battling pre-cancer cells and bacteria and viruses, vitamins and minerals, come help me. So uh, they'd start to go over to him. And as soon as they'd start to get over to help him, this adrenal gland would have a new crisis. And he'd say, Johnny Jones insulted me. He made me so mad. I'd have punch his lights out. And, you know, he was calling all the vitamins and minerals back to help him with sort of a non-emergency emergency. And then the thymus gland was left without any help. Well, I don't know if anybody else got a, <laughs> We had a lot of fun. <laughs> the kids had a lot of fun being the vitamins and minerals, and, uh, and it was a neat play. But it made a tremendous impression on me. Now, I've preached since then, 30 years, you know, in my 49 years of full-time ministry, I have preached thousands of times, thousands of times, and uh, but many times I've preached the same sermon. So I could say truthfully, I've preached hundreds of sermons, thousands and thousands of services. But this one sermon has really stuck with me and I have made it all these years since as my number one health principle. I want a heart at peace. I want a cheerful look. I want to speak kind words. I don't want cursing to be uh, entering my bones. I want to walk in love. Now let's... Uh, come near the conclusion here with this beautiful chapter in Isaiah chapter 58 and God says is not this the kind of fasting I have chosen to loose the chains of injustice and untie the cords of the yoke to set the oppressed free and break every yoke is it not to share your food with the hungry and to provide the poor wanderer with shelter when you see the naked to clothe them and not turn away from your own flesh and blood then your light will break forth like the dawn, and your healing will quickly appear. Then your righteousness will go before you, and the glory of the Lord will be your rear guard. 
Then you'll call and the Lord will answer. You'll cry for help and he will say, here I am. If you do away with the yoke of oppression, with the pointing finger and malicious talk, that's where you're judging and criticizing. And if you spend yourself in behalf of the hungry and satisfy the needs of the oppressed, then your light will rise in darkness and your night will become like the noonday. The Lord will guide you always. He will satisfy your needs in a sun-scorched land and will strengthen your frame. That would be all your bones, your whole skeleton. You'll be like a well-watered garden, like a spring whose waters never fail. Now remember, in your skeleton, in your frame, your bones, that's where your blood is made in the marrow there. Well, I desire every one of you to be healed and with God's help to conquer every sickness, disease, and physical malady. Whatever your battle may be, tell God that you'd like to receive health and healing for his glory so that you can serve him and help others. That's a wonderful motive. God loves that good motive. And then as God enables you, live that life of love. Apply love in every situation, day and night, and walk in love. Now, you should still learn to eat right, okay? You should exercise, perhaps by walking more and Stretching exercises are very helpful. You probably should take some good supplements like fish oil, vitamin B complex, and vitamin D3 especially. It would be good to learn what to avoid. For instance, avoid eating trans fats, the hydrogenated oils in cheap peanut butter or powdered coffee creamers. I was using a lot of coffee creamers. One day I thought, I better read the label. Sure enough, it had hydrogenated oil in it. Now, our body can't deal with artificial fats, the trans fats that are hydrogenated, uh, clog our arteries. So learn to read the labels and avoid putting hydrogenated oils in your body. We also need enzymes found in live foods, such as fresh or frozen fruits and vegetables. Those enzymes eat the protective coating off of cancer cells. See, cancer cells coat themselves with an electrical charge that can repel a white blood cell, but enzymes eat that coating off and make it easy for a white blood cell to devour a cancer cell. And that's why, you know, uh, you see people just eating all dead food, all dead processed food. You can just walk down certain aisles of the grocery store and feel cancer on those aisles. Why, there's nothing live there. And watch people checking out when they've got all kinds of sugary processed food and almost no fresh fruits or vegetables at all. You just look at them and think, man, they're, they're headed for crisis. So no one sermon is going to solve all your health problems. This message is not a cure-all. However, you'll benefit greatly if you allow it to do what it's intended to do. Don't make it your only health principle. Just make it your number one health principle. See? Love really is a master healer. Choose to walk in love. Choose to avoid living in constant negative emotions. Just ask for God's help. Now, if you'll do this, you'll very likely outlive the people who choose to walk in fear, worry, hatred, strife, selfishness, and anger. That's the truth. I hope it makes a great impression on you. I hope your adrenal gland will stay the right size and not get too big. I pray that your thymus will, be, uh, will grow and uh, that you'll 
allow it to have the resources of your body uh, and not steal them away in imaginary uh, crisis because of fear, anger, brooding on the past, etc. Well, let's pray. Now, Father, a heart at peace gives life to the body. A merry heart doeth good like a medicine. A kind man benefits himself, and the Bible says love is patient, love is kind. Love is not easily angered. So I know that love is a master healer. I want to walk in love. I, I want you to help me and all my listeners to keep those negative switches off and to keep the positive switches on. And we invite you to help us moment by moment, day after day, for the rest of our lives. Help us to make this our number one principle and help us live it out. We pray that this will bring you massive glory. Now let's say his name together. In Jesus' name. I love you. God bless you. If you would like to partner with us at Encouragement Expert, please email us at pastorbacker at gmail.com or you can write P.O. Box 485, Cresswell, Oregon, 97426.